Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to our Tuesday night edition of Prayer International Radio on Block Talk Radio. This is our show called Face to Face. I'm your host, John Holmberg, along with Christopher Herzog, who will be joining us for the second hour of the broadcast tonight. And we're pretty much here um, for any of the author listening who are new tonight. We're here pretty much to seek the face of Jesus, to worship the Father, to intercede with you, for you, on behalf of whatever needs you have in your life tonight. Um, And that's pretty much why we're here um, seven days a week, um, to pray for you and to stand with you, believing that God's word is true, regardless of what our situations and circumstances may say. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for absolutely anything, please feel free to give us a call. If you go to the Blog Talk radio website, um, we have a chat room open. If you need immediate prayer, um, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. We actually have a 1-800 number, but for the life of me, I couldn't tell you what it is. Um but all that's on our website, which is prayerinternational.org. And so let's start off the way we always should. Um, Father, Lord, we're resting in you tonight. Father, not seeking our own glory, Lord, but seeking yours. Father, not seeking just your hands, Lord, but seeking your heart. Father, we boldly come to your throne of grace in which your word declares that we are accepted in a time of need. Father, we yield the entirety of this program, these next two hours, Lord, to you. Jesus, that you would be glorified in our midst, that you would redeem the times. Jesus, that your name would be exalted tonight in our midst. And we exalt your name, Father. And we declare, Jesus, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, who died for our sins and rose from the dead. And you are now seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, we yield our lives to you. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would touch every person listening tonight, that you would meet them at the point of their need, that you would fill us completely and totally and fully with your presence, that you would remove any blinders from our eyes and from our hearts, and that you would reveal Jesus Christ to us tonight through the worship, Father, through your word, Lord, that you would take your word and make it alive to us, that your Holy Spirit would would quicken our spirits, that we could hear from you tonight, Father, So we lay everything down tonight. We lay the weight of our days, our weeks, Father. We lay it all down, all our needs, all our worries, all our concerns. Jesus, we lay it down at your feet tonight. For we know that your word is true. And your word declares that we should first seek you and your righteousness, and then all things would be added unto us, Lord. And so, Jesus, we come tonight 
just to see you, just to know you tonight. Your word declares if we will draw near to you, you would draw near to us. And your word declares that we have open access through faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of your glory, knowing that you're going to be magnified and you're going to be glorified and you're going to be exalted, Lord, in our midst. So, Father, right now, for anybody who's in the listening audience, whether they're listening live or whether they're listening to this through an archive, Father, whatever needs they have, Lord, tonight, please meet them according to your word, Lord. Your word declares that you will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Father, if anybody needs healing tonight, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth for complete and total healing over their body, from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet, Lord. Anybody who is afflicted by any manner of sickness or disease, we rebuke the spirit of disease right now in the name of Jesus Christ and command you to leave. If anybody out there has a tumor in their head, um, whether it's in your brain or wherever, please just place your hands on your head. Father, we know your word is true. And we thank you for your blood over this person, Jesus. And so right now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we command that tumor to go right now. We command it to wither and die. In the name of Jesus Christ, that they would have restored life. They would have fullness of life, Father. Your word declares that the enemy only comes to still kill and destroy, that you have come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And your word declares that by your stripes we are healed. And you said if we would ask anything in your name, you would do it. So, Father, we come, agree, we come agreeing upon your word, Father, declaring that that tumor is going to be gone right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. So, once again, our call-in number tonight is 619-638-8458. And... Um, I'm not really quite sure where we're going to go with this tonight. Um, for anybody who's listening, who's never listened to this broadcast before, we don't really have much of a format. We don't really plan too much out. Maybe as far as just trying to get some kind of idea of how we're going to go with this. But for the most part, we let the Holy Spirit lead us, and we pretty much don't have any kind of agenda except that his will will be done tonight. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. Um, I guess we'll start off with this. Um, about an hour and a half ago, my brother, who's still not a believer in Jesus, um, called me up because a bunch of his friends were over at his house and they were having a long, I guess, theological discussion. Um and they were wanting to know about heaven and what the definition of heaven was. And I say it's interesting because my brother's wife, who's not a Christian, was the one who came up with the closest definition of what heaven really is, biblically speaking. Because, you know, the Bible mentions heaven a lot. Um, 
but I think, and I don't say this to offend anybody by any means, but I think a great deal of people in the church have missed the point of heaven and what the word denotes and what that word is supposed to mean. And more, and even more than that, what the death and the life of Jesus is supposed to mean and what his sacrifice is supposed to mean. You know, if you go through the Bible um, and you start at the beginning with the story of Adam and Eve who walked with God in the Garden of Eden and God prepared a place for them that they could fellowship with him. And that was the fullness of their existence is that they had a fellowship with God and they walked with God and God walked into the garden and he would call them out by name looking to spend time with them. And, you know, sin destroyed that, but then Jesus came to put to death sin and to restore us into right standing with God and to reconcile us into a relationship with God. Um, and you may have heard me say this many, many nights, and and I'll probably never stop saying it, but, you know, when you get to the point that you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, um, people stop there and say, okay, now I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, which, you know, depending on how you look at the Bible, you know, that may be fine. But then you miss the real point of it all. And, you know, what my brother's wife said was that her definition of heaven was that she said hell is the absence of God and heaven was the presence of God. And while heaven may be a real place, you know, even Jesus said in um he said in, I think it was in a couple of different places. One of them was Revelation chapter 2. He was talking to the church at Ephesus, and he said in verse 2-7, um, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And, you know, that's a um, sort of like a direct... Um, I don't know how to say it. It's bringing up something from the Garden of Eden, um, Adam and Eve being in the garden, which was more or less like a paradise. And there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life in the middle of the garden. And, you know, if you read through Exodus and through the Old Testament and parts of the New Testament, you'll find out that everything on earth is merely a shadow of the things in heaven. Um, at one time, there's an Israeli temple the first temple, there was a second temple where the high priest would go once a year behind a veil to the holiest of holies to offer sacrifices for the sins of the people once a year. And when Jesus died, the veil of that temple was torn in two because there was no longer need for a man to go and offer the blood of bulls and goats to for the remission of sins because Jesus' death once and for all cleansed us and forever perfected us in the eyes of God and forever declared us to be clean with his own blood. And not only that, would it remove the power of sin over us. And so, as there was a temple in earth, Jesus offered his own blood, not on the earthly temple, but on the temple in heaven. And it's a throne room of the Almighty God, the uncreated Father. And even when Moses was building the temple, um, the father gave him blueprints and designs, um, specific like blueprints, like, like this many cubits and 
honestly, after like 15 years of however long it's been a, that I've been a Christian and following the Lord, I still couldn't tell you what a cubit is. But the point is, I mean, the Lord gave him specific standards um, as far as how this temple was to be built because it was a shadow of things to come, of things in heaven. And most things in the Bible um, are a shadow and point us to the things of heaven. You know, Jesus even said in his prayer, he said, um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, you know, our our lives, um, our the, everything around us, um, the body of Christ itself, should be a reflection of the things in heaven um, as far as the authority and power and dominion of the Father God should be manifested here upon the earth because, you know, Jesus died and he he took the, the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he took all the authority away from the enemy and declared that he had overcome and he was victorious. And then the Father exalted him, giving him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so, you know, when he said, your kingdom come, your will be done, um, and even when he was casting out a demon, he said, if I cast a demon out of you, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And, you know, I heard, and I can't remember his name, but I heard a minister in California say it this way, is that when we, through faith in the word of God, act upon the word of God, and declare that the word of God is true over our situations, then what we're actually doing is we actually begin to walk in a spiritual authority granted to, granted to us as children of the Most High God. And then we take the authority of the name of Jesus, and we implement that authority into a physical realm and cause a supernatural breakthrough and the principles of heaven to become manifested on earth. And the things of heaven come to earth, and the truth of heaven comes to earth. And when we say heaven, we pretty much talk about the realm where God is. Okay, well, one of our people in our chat room just let me know that cubit is 18 by 20 to 24 inches. That's okay, I need to write that down. But, you know, um, you know, a lot of people talk about heaven and hell. And sometimes it's used as, as a scare tactic, as far as if you go to if you don't believe in God, you'll go to hell and you'll burn forever and ever and ever. Well, you know there are certain scriptures that relate to there will be weeping. Jesus said there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But you know, I'm gonna lay out a different perspective for you of heaven and hell tonight. Um, and I may have said this before, but. The Father will give you what you want. He's not going to force anybody to love him. He's not going to, because real love doesn't work like that. Real love is only comes when there's a choice to not have it um, or to not give it. And, you know, we do have free will. Um, the Father does work on our hearts and move our hearts, but we can also harden our hearts and against his will and against his voice and against the leading of the Holy Spirit. And many people all throughout the world do it and who flat out for whatever reason refuse and um, to accept the Father for who he is. And, you know, the Bible declares in Romans, it says that creation itself declares the glory of God so that they are without excuse. And But there are people on this earth 
some who have already died before now, some who are alive now, and some that have yet to be born from the time they breathe their first to the time they breathe their last, who will refuse over and over again the calling of the Father and who don't want to be in the presence of God, who don't want to have anything to do with God. And for them is reserved what some people call to this hell. You could call it the lake of fire, but you know what someone described it to me once as it's the complete absence of the presence of God, which no one alive, no one who's dead, no one who is going to be born onto this earth will ever experience until that moment. Um until you don't have the presence of God. Because whether you realize it or not, everywhere we go, from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, anywhere from one coast of this earth to the other, the presence of God resides. Um, He said to someone in the Old Testament when they were trying to build him a temple, he said, what is the house that you will build for me since my hands have created all things? Um, he said in the book of Job, he said, I could withdraw my breath from the or Job said that he could withdraw his breath from the earth and it would cease to exist. And I think people um don't necessarily understand the complexity and the magnitude of this God in which we serve. And so the absence of the Father, the absence of the presence of the living God, the source of all light, um to be out of that presence, to not be in his presence, is the worst death imaginable. I mean, we talk about spiritual death, but in the end, that's what spiritual death is. It's the absolute lack of the presence of the living God, which is something Jesus never experienced until once, I believe. And um, because that's going to catch people odd that I said that, let me explain. Um the basic way to explain it is that God can't be in the presence of sin because of his very nature and his character. And from the time Jesus, you know, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And it says in Colossians that all things were made through Jesus and without him, nothing was made that was made. And he was in the beginning with God and then taking the form as a bond servant and coming in the likeness of man, he came to die upon the cross to be the sacrifice for our sins. And even up until the point of the cross, he had always had this relationship with his father, and he knew his identity and and the father. He knew who he was to God, and he knew who God was to him. He said, I and my father are one. And, you know, but he got on the cross, and at one point he said um, something like, Eli, Eli, something, 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 which they translate as, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And someone had pointed out this, and whether this is exactly true or not, it sounds like it could be, but if you imagine Jesus up on the cross, who's always had this amazing relationship with his Father, um, before time began, before there was ever the existence of time itself, um, throughout eternity, Jesus always had a relationship and an intimacy with the Father. And at that one second when the Father laid upon him the sin of the entire world, Jesus became sin in one second. And then the Father at that one second no longer could look upon his Son, whom he loved, with whom he created 
everything. And so in one moment on the cross, Jesus took the worst punishment imaginable beyond the sin in that he experienced the absence of the presence of God for just a few seconds. And then it says in Isaiah that the Father, it pleased the Father to smite him. And then at that moment, the Father poured out all the wrath, all the judgment, all the punishment for the sins of the entire world. And he took all that wrath and smote his own son on the cross, who had become the likeness of sin at that moment. So that sin would be crucified in the flesh And then when sin was dead and buried Knowing that the that hell and death And the grave could not hold Jesus The Father spoke And Jesus was resurrected from the dead Through the power of the Holy Spirit And then the Father exalted him And seated him at his right hand And so we talk about the absence of the presence of God and what it must be like. Because, you know, even Adam and Eve had the presence of God to an extent. It was a different kind of presence of God. Because although the Father kicked them out of the Garden of Eden, his they were still living on the earth in which his presence has always been and always will be until the very end. And so it's something that we can't imagine because we we couldn't comprehend what we've never experienced and no one has to not have his presence. And then heaven would be the complete opposite. Heaven would be the ability to stand in the presence of Almighty God. You know, as it is now, we in these mortal bodies can't bear the glory of the Father, which is why it says later on, in the New Testament that we'll be given new bodies and our bodies will, will be changed into glorified bodies and we will dwell for eternity in the presence of the uncreated one with his son Jesus Christ and so um, you know we we talk about heaven and hell a lot in church and in the world But I don't think we ever really stop to think about it To really Comprehend and grasp what's at stake It's not so much That someone is going to burn Forever and ever But it's, it's that those who don't know him Are going to lose every Opportunity And they're going to lose that last chance To be in his presence And then When it's too late It's too late and when their final decision is made, there's no turning back. They are for eternity outside of the presence of Abba Father. And it's the most scariest thought imaginable. We who will be forever in his presence. So, you know, beyond heaven and hell, and the whole conversation about the physical places and what they look like, because, you know, no one knows. I mean, the Bible does declare that no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. That love him. 
Jesus himself said, if I I go to prepare a place for you. Um, but none of us have seen it, so we don't know how amazing it is. And even if we could have a glimpse, Paul, in one of his epistles, wrote that he knew a man who was caught up into this heaven, and he saw things which that are, as he said, unlawful to even speak of. And so we will be in a place that we can't even comprehend, where there will be no more shadows because his light will illuminate everything. But, you know, if we don't have the relationship, then it's sort of pointless. Because then what's the point of being there if we don't have a relationship with him? And, you know, we all, to an extent, who've come to the Lord Jesus have a relationship with him. But the question is, how much of a relationship do we have and how much do we really want? And, you know, the Lord is not um, forceful. And the fact that he longs for our presence and he's always waiting for us to be in his presence and to spend time with him. And we have this ability while we're here on earth and the minutes and hours that pass to converse with the living king and the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega, which is an unbelievable thing. So, um, something to think about when people talk about heaven and hell is to start talking about what it really means and what it really means to be without the presence of God and then what it means like to be in the presence of God and to have the fellowship with the Father. Because if you talk about heaven and hell and the death and life of Jesus and his crucifixion, his resurrection, but you don't mention the relationship aspect of it, that we have been restored to right standing with God, that we have open access to the Father because of what Jesus did, then people miss the entire point of it all. So, our call in number tonight is 619-638-8458. VA um, needs prayer for anything whatsoever, please give us a call. We're going to take a very quick break, and then we will be back in just a few minutes.
And, you know, it wasn't always about the people's faith. You know, if you read the the life of Jesus, it was 50-50. Sometimes it was the people who were getting healed's faith, and sometimes it was Jesus' faith, or sometimes it was someone else's faith. Um, Jesus walked up to a man at the a blind uh, a man at the pool of Bethsaida, and he walked up to this man and said, "Do you want to be made well?" And the only thing the man said was, "No one. I don't have anyone to get me into the water." And Jesus said, "Rise, take your bed, and walk." And there's a story where there was a man who was paralyzed, and his friends knew they couldn't get him to Jesus because of the crowds. And so they tore a roof apart of someone's house that wasn't even theirs because they didn't care. All they knew is that if they could get their friend to Jesus, that Jesus would heal them. And so they lowered their friend down and Jesus healed their friend. And and the opposite, there's the woman who had the flow of blood for 18 years or something like that. And she pressed to the crowd being not the most popular and as far as her social status, pushed through the crowd to get to Jesus because she knew if she would just touch him that she'd be made whole. And so it's it's not always just our faith. Sometimes it's our faith and the faith of those listening and the, and then the word of God itself. Because, um, you know, the Bible declares, God said that the word that comes from my mouth shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish that for which I sent it. And so, Joe, um, go ahead and put your hand um, wherever your thyroid is. I'm not really sure. Um, honestly, I think it's in your, I think it's in our throat, but I'm not sure. So, but the Holy Spirit knows, and He's the one who's going to do everything. So, Father, Lord, we come to you, us and all the other people listening tonight. Jesus, we thank you for your blood. Jesus, we thank you for your blood. Jesus, we thank you for your blood. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the name that is above every name, we speak complete and total healing over Joe's Joe's thyroid right now. And we command that it would be restored into the perfect organ that it is, to the perfect whatever it is. Father, gland, that's what I was going to say, Jesus Jesus, touch him right now. It's not about the works of men, but it's about your word. It's about what you've done, Jesus. And so, in your name, Jesus, we all come in agreement, declaring for his healing right now in the name of Jesus Christ and Nazareth. Holy Spirit, complete and total healing on him. Father, we declare a good report, Father. (laughs) That even the doctors will be amazed when they see what you have done, Father. Lord Jesus, we give you all the glory and we give you all the honor, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, prayer doesn't have to be um, something long and drawn out. Um. All we have to do is say, God, heal this, heal this. Thank you, Jesus, for healing this at times. And, you know, sometimes that's enough. Um, You know, sometimes we pray over and over again, and sometimes we have to fight in certain prayers and keep praying. And then, you know, but it's one of those things where you need to be led by the Holy Spirit when you're praying for people. 
and just whichever way the Holy Spirit moves you, go in that direction and be sensitive to hear his voice. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. And I, I, I don't know if I've ever said this before. I probably have because we do this broadcast seven nights a week. And so sooner or later, I'm bound to say everything I could possibly say. Um, but I've noticed something um, in Scripture that, you know, when Jesus prayed for people, he didn't spend a great deal of time doing it as far as per person. And what I mean by that is that Jesus' prayers were quick. He would say to a little girl who was dead, he'd say, Tabitha, I say, arise. And with Lazarus, who was dead in his tomb, he prayed for a second to the Father so that other people would hear them. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. And with many people, even with a man at the pool, he said, take up your bed and walk. And, you know, even Peter, and I think it was Peter, um, there was a man begging for alms at the gate, and he asked Peter for alms. And Peter said, you know, um, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I'll give you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And they left it at that because their faith wasn't in their words. Their faith was in the power of Jesus Christ. Their faith was in the name of Jesus and what Jesus could do. And it's getting past our abilities and our own whatever because we don't have any. We all have gifts from the Holy Spirit, but gifts are merely an agreement between us and the Holy Spirit that we're going to let him use us any way he sees fit. And, you know, it's the power comes from him. It doesn't come from us. It comes from his word and not ours. It comes from his name and not ours. And, you know, at times we just need to accept that he is who he is and who he said he is and believe that he'll do exactly what he said he will do and leave it at that. Leave, say a prayer, however you feel like praying. If you feel like praying for two minutes, if you feel like praying for 20 minutes, say a prayer, whatever you feel in your heart at the time, and then let your face stand that he's heard you. You know, it says in, um, I believe it was First John, it says, if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the things which we ask of him. And even Jesus said that we didn't need to ask him anymore, that we could ask the Father ourselves. And so, you know, we need to be real with our prayers. But at the same time, you know, Paul said to pray without ceasing. But at the same time, we need to pray with the knowledge that we're not just praying to pray. We're praying because there's power behind our prayers, because we know that God hears us, and we know that God answers our prayers. And and we and when we pray, we come into agreement with him, not based just on what we want and what we need, but we pray knowing what his word declares over whatever the situation is. So um, so I'm fully expecting and fully believing that God has healed the Joe's thyroid issue and will completely restore his thyroid 
to exactly the way it should be. Um, so, and, you know, there's something else. Um, the Bible declares, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And I'm not really much into the whole New Age, whatever, like, positive, whatever they, they spell out there. But to a point, um, there's a little bit of truth in it, and that the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And, you know, Chris constantly talks about the confessions of our mouth and that we declare things out of our mouth and those and our words have life. I mean, there's life and death and the power of the tongue. And we need to get in our minds and in our in our heads, we need to start picturing ourselves the way that God sees us. Because what we think in our head is what we're going to speak with our mouth and we're going to create life and death in our own life in our own path based on what we're thinking in our heads about ourselves. If you're constantly listening to the enemy tell you that you're worthless, you're going to start believing you're worthless. You're going to start confessing you're worthless. And then it's going to have an impact on everything around you. But on the other hand, if you believe that the word of God says that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you take that word, you know, the Bible says to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that we have the mind of Christ. If you take the word... And you start, like David said, your word I've hidden in my heart that I will not sin against you. And if you take that word and you start believing that word to be true to your life, well, then you're going to start confessing that word out of your mouth. And then that power of life and death will transform the world around you and transform those people around you. Because you're becoming, you've come into agreement with the word of God. And you've come into agreement with what he said. And, you know, it says, um, if two or more of you gather together in my name, I'm there in the midst. Well, it says in the Old Testament, um, two is better than one. And a threefold cord can easily be broken. And, you know, you may not have three people, but you actually do, because it's always us and the Holy Spirit. And so there's two, which then throws in Jesus. So then it's you, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit coming into agreement on the word of the Father, um, if you want to think about it that way. Um, so then if your faith isn't good enough, then you can trust in theirs. Because I know that for a fact that the Holy Spirit and Jesus believe the word of God. And um, anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. Um, our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. Um, Chris Herzog, mighty, mighty man of God, mighty prayer warrior, is in the studios. And so... Um, if you need prayer, once again, 619-638-8458. We're going to take a break, and then we'll be right back with you.
All right, well, praise God, we're back. And good to see uh, some of our uh, friends back. It looks like uh, Sister Lupe, Walking Waters, back. And uh, J.C. Oakland Ministry, Sister Cheryl is back. And I know we uh, kind of had an issue there. I apologize, our switchboard was muted. I guess I better double check and make sure we're good right now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, sorry about that, and I uh, did not mean to leave you guys hanging for about 10 or 15 minutes there. But uh, we've had some time for some prayer requests to come in, and uh, just given some time to correct our focus with worship. And as I mentioned earlier, I don't know how much of this, uh, you know, was heard or not. So I'm, some of this may be redundant, but I'm not sure. But you know, a lot of times we just have to shift gears on the show. We just have to shift gears in life. And we can get so busy with our daily activities, work and family and, and things around the house and, and just things in daily in life. And even with ministry and church things, when we get so busy with ministry life and church life and activities and Bible study and these different things, which are all good and they're necessary and they're things that we all have to take care of responsibility-wise and spirituality-wise, uh, things that the Lord asks us to do. But even with that being said, a lot of times we get so busy that we don't we don't really connect with God. We don't really experience God. We don't really encounter God. So sometimes we have to stop everything. The Bible says to be still. Know that I am God. You know, God says, hey, look, be quiet, be still. Slow down. Relax. And know that I'm God. And until you get to that place where you can just stop, and maybe not even everything on the outside because life gets busy, but when you can learn to stop everything on the inside and begin to focus and meditate on the Lord, begin to focus and meditate on Jesus Christ, begin to focus and meditate on the things of God, and then you will end up Experiencing, you know, the Bible says, He who keeps his mind on me, I will keep him in perfect peace. Okay, so if you keep your mind on the Lord, He'll keep you in peace. He'll bring that peace. That presence of God will surround your life as you meditate day and night on the things of God. There's scriptural promises uh, throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation that back that up. You know, if you meditate day and night on his word, you'll be like a tree planted beside rivers of living water who will bear his fruit this season. That's Psalm 1, scriptural promise. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, then you'll bear much fruit. Scriptural promise. But how are you going to abide in Christ? How are you going to abide in the things of the Spirit if you don't learn to become one with the Spirit? You see, there's a aligning, there's an alignment, there's an ordering that needs to take place when you're putting yourself in alignment with God, when you're trying to get on the same page with the Lord. You know, it's a process. The Bible says we have to worship God in spirit and in truth. And, you know, a lot of times you can go places and get the spirit part down, you know, they learn to worship and sing and do these things. 
But a lot of times we have to scrutinize, we have to check ourselves with the truth of the word and make sure what we're doing is pleasing to God, make sure what we're doing is glorifying the Lord. The Bible says test the spirit. And so we always want to have a balance in our seeking God, even in the things of meditation. You know, there's a lot of different religions out there that subscribe to meditation, but they're not meditating on the words of God. They're not meditating on Christ. They're not meditating on the things of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, and therefore their their experiences and all their strivings bring them to a non-Holy Spirit encounter. But see, God wants you, and Jesus said it like that. He says, look, the Pharisees, they search the scriptures because they think in them they had eternal life, but it's me that they testify. What he was saying is, look, if you're doing all your Bible reading and it's not revealing Christ Jesus to you, then it's merely just reading. It might as well just be reading another paragraph or another something. If all your Bible reading is not bringing you before the living God, if all your study in your houses of worship is not bringing you before an encounter with the Jesus of the Bible, Then what is it? Then what are you actually doing? Jesus said you'll judge a tree by its fruit. And so I say, is your Bible studying, is your worshiping, and all your meditation, and all your church going, is it bringing you into an encounter with the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, and producing the fruit and the character of Christ in your life? And I think that that's the test, that's the, the standard that we need to really gauge what we call spirituality by. We need to really gauge what the Lord is doing in our lives by the standards that the Bible puts forth. You know, the Bible gives us standards. So praise God. You know, any experience with the Holy Spirit is going to bring a noticeable change or a noticeable difference in your life. Your conduct, your behavior, even the words that come out of your mouth are going to change over a period of time. The more time you spend with God, it's the Holy Spirit. He's the one that changes you. You know, experiences aren't enough, but your experiences should bring you to Him. You should have a bond with the Holy Spirit. Every time you have a spiritual experience, it should bring you into a deeper bond with God. You know, sometimes we see the Holy Spirit as just an answer of prayer. You know, he's like the one that owns the store of blessings. You know, we we look at his gifts and his power and, and the fruit of the Spirit and and we just look at it as a lot of stuff. But we need to realize the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. He's the person. He's the attributes. He's the character and the wisdom of. He's the spirit of wisdom. He's the spirit of truth. The spirit of counsel. The spirit of might. He's got a personality. And we need to learn that prayer isn't necessarily something that we're always doing. But prayer is some someone we're with. 
Prayer is being with God. Prayer is communing with the Holy Spirit. Prayer is being filled and, and, and empowered and energized by the Spirit of Christ. And it's a communion. It's a transference. It's the two becoming one. And when you abide in him and he abides in you, that's when the stuff happens. And so, praise God. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and we are coming up uh, 30 minutes past the 11 o'clock hour. And we want to continue uh, just to pray for you guys and bless you. We're going to go into a time of worship briefly, and then we're going to be back into the Word and into prayer. And so praise God. And so let the worship of God correct your focus. You know, begin to meditate on the things of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to muse over you, to move over you. You know, he is alive today. If you need healing in your body, if you need just uh, your confidence to be restored, if you need the joy of the Lord to be your strength, if you need God to adjust things in your emotions, adjust things in your body, listen, get into his presence tonight and allow the Spirit of God to wash over you. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister heart to heart and face to face with you tonight as you allow this music, as you allow that worship to create an atmosphere where you can experience the miracles of God, where you can experience the glory of God. Human race falling down Human race falling down Human race is falling down Human race is falling down Human race is falling down
Praise God. We're back. This is Prayer International Radio. And just taking some time to worship. Uh, it looks like we had a few prayer requests come in. And uh, she didn't see anybody call in, but, you know, praise God. We just want to stay in touch with those of you that, that have needs, that have prayer needs, and are just really asking the Lord to minister to you. Well, so what I'd like to do, uh, just to really raise up a, a prayer watch for America and Israel real quick, and we're going to go into a little more music, and then we're going to go ahead and, and wrap up the hour in prayer. So praise God. Well, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for pouring out of your spirit, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for what you're doing in our nation, Father. And Lord, we're raising up a watch for the United States of America right now, Father. Lord, we're asking you, Lord, that, Father, you would move in a mighty way in our nation, Father, that you would just begin to move over our president and vice president and their families right now. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus for those that are part of the cabinet, those that are, Father God, in Congress, Lord, those that are holding offices as mayors and governors and city council members. Father, for those that are holding judicial office, Lord, those that are in the courts and the court systems. Father, we pray for those that are in the Supreme Court and those that have the power to make legislation and change laws. Father, we pray for righteousness to come over our nation, Father. You said that if we would turn our hearts, Father, if we would seek you, Father, if we would seek you, Lord God, you said if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek your face, Father, that if we would turn from our wicked ways, then you would hear from heaven and you would heal all of our land. And, Father, we pray for healing to come across the United States of America that you would break down all the dividing walls and you would truly make us a united state, that we would stand one nation under God, one true living God. And, Father, that you would bring us back to our roots, Father, the way our nation was founded and the way our Constitution was written, Father, was founded upon your Holy Scripture and on the truth and the move of your Spirit that took place in this nation for freedom and liberty's sake, Father, for truth. Lord, we thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this nation. Bring a great awakening again in this nation, Father. Every man, every woman, every child, every teenager that you would pour out on every denomination, on every church. Lord, on those that have traded in the truth of God for a lie and even those that are not open to the move of your spirit in this day, Lord, pour out on every person who names the name of Jesus and reveal truth to their heart. And reveal Christ Jesus as Savior. Father, we thank you for your blood that is speaking for the youth of this nation and for the people, for those that are in poverty, those that are on the streets, those that just need a break, Lord, that you would move mightily in their lives. Now, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus, Father, for you to touch. Father, we ask for you to touch, Lord. Israel and Jerusalem and that the peace of God would cover those that are in high offices, those that are in the church at large in Israel, Lord, those that are claiming the name of Christ Jesus as Messiah and their Savior and Lord. We pray for a move of God in Israel and Jerusalem that would sweep that nation, would sweep 
those people over by your spirit and reveal the truth of Christ Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah. And we thank you, Lord God. You said to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and that they would prosper. We pray for peace. We pray for prosperity. We thank you, Father God. Now, Father, we just lift your name up, Father, and we thank you for what you're doing. Lord, we say that we love you tonight, Lord God. And we know that you're moving in a mighty way. We know that you're moving in a mighty way. And I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. And praise God. You know, just really want to see God touch and transform your lives. Touch and transform your families. Bring your ministries to a new level. See God shake your cities and your states. And see a a move of God. You know, God is moving in our nation. God is moving in our prison systems. God is moving in the streets. God's moving in our churches. And so we're praying for revival to sweep everywhere from the 7-Elevens to the church houses. From the, the mansions in the Highland Park areas of town all the way to the crack houses. I don't care. I want to see God move. And I know that's Sean's heart, too. We want to see the Lord move. And praise God, our families are standing with us. And we want to see God touch your lives. We're praying for you. We want to see God pour out in our state. We're here in Texas. We want to see a move of God in Texas. I know there's other states, Kansas represented, Nebraska. We've got people from Tennessee, people from New Jersey, New Mexico, different people that have even tonight uh, called in or chatted in, and they represent, you know, probably about 10 different states across the board. So we just want to pray for a move of God there. Father, pour out your spirit in a mighty way. Look, this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and we're going to go into a brief time of worship and see if any more prayer requests come in. And just want to give you some time just to allow the Lord to, you know, just breathe on you and work in your life. Just allow the Lord to really touch you. And so, praise God. set in heaven and one sat on the throne 
Father, we come standing before that great white throne, the throne that's been established from eternity, the throne which is surrounded with transcendent radiance, the angels, the seraphim, beauty everywhere, the river of fire that flows from your throne. Oh, we love to stand before your throne, oh God. We love to stand before the throne of God. divine encounter. Consume flaming 
Tonight, just want to thank you guys uh, for tuning in tonight. 
whether you checked us out live or archived, we're just thankful to have you uh, as part of our family here at Prayer International Radio. You can tune in tomorrow night. We'll be back. Basically, we're on 10 to 12 uh, Sunday through Saturday. Every now and then, that does change. But uh, come back and join us 10 o'clock. Sean Holmberg will be uh, sharing his heart and sharing the Word of God, and I'll be up at 11. And again, we're praying for you. And uh, get in touch with us, Prayer International at gmail.com, or check us out on the website, www.prayerinternational.org. And thank you, and you have a blessed night. In Jesus' name, amen.